Have you ever wondered how to share your faith authentically without sounding really preachy or coming across overly religious when you're actually in the marketplace selling your artwork? Well, a lot of people struggle with that. I've struggled with that. And uh, we're going to talk about that today here on 5-Minute Mentoring. Have you ever wanted to have someone in your life who you could ask real questions about your art, your business, and even your walk with the Lord? Well, that's exactly what we do every Friday here on 5-Minute Mentoring, where I answer one question from one of my awesome podcast listeners in order to help you start really thriving as the artist you know God created you to be. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another 5-Minute Mentoring. Happy Friday, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope you're having a, an awesome day. and. Listen, this question about how do you share your faith authentically without coming across overly religious and weird sounding and putting people off by that. Listen, that's a that's a big deal because so many of us want to be authentically who God's called us to be in the marketplace and at the same time don't want to come across as some, you know, religious freak <laughs> or of nature or whatever or or come across as uh, you know, with a with a way of sharing that puts people off. And so the question is always, well, Matt, how do you do this naturally? In fact, that's the question today from my listener, S. Lynn McKay, who is an artist out West. Here's her question. Hi, my name is S. Lynn McKay from Oregon, and I'm a fine artist in pen and ink and watercolor. My question for you, Matt, is what are some regular, consistent ways to share my faith through my business with secular customers without sounding preachy and losing credibility with them? Um, I Wondering if there's ways through my website or through Facebook and in person or through a testimonial. Thank you, Matt. Well, thank you, Lynn, for your question. It's really poignant because a lot of people are, are asking that. I get this kind of question all the time in the mentoring program and uh, via email from, from artists. So thanks definitely for, for asking it. You know, it kind of reminds me of when I moved uh, to Asheville from Atlanta, Georgia, I'd grown up kind of in the in the Bible Belt, so everybody I knew was a Christian. And when I moved here in uh, 2009 with my family to kind of start a new season uh, with what the Lord had for me with my art, I remember I was pretty freaked out because Asheville was kind of a, and still is, a very, uh, very spiritual city and yet a very non-Christian city. And so lots of people that I was dealing with, both clients and fellow artists, were not believers. And uh, it kind of put me on edge a little bit because I was like, what do I do? What if they find out if I'm a Christian? And, uh, you know, how do I navigate these waters? And so I freaked out about it a little bit. I kind of went back and forth on how to deal with it and how to, you know, really respond to people and how to, you know, share my faith authentically and all of that. And I remember the one, you know, one day I was sitting in the studio and I was just kind of asking the Lord about it. And he said, Matt, you do the loving and I'll do the changing. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that takes all the pressure off. And I think that has kind of become, for me, my modus operandi. And really what I encourage artists to do as we're in the marketplace is, listen, you do what you do authentically. You be who you are authentically without this feeling of, I need to engage people. I need to be sharing my faith. I need to be telling people about Jesus all the time. Oh, you know, all this sort of thing. because. There's been a lot of pressure put on Christians over the years to be overtly, constantly sharing our faith with people in situations where people may or may not be ready to hear, hear that. And what does that mean? Well, I'm a really big believer that, you know, when the, when the Bible says, 
no person can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. I believe that's true. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in everybody's life, but in different measure, in different seasons, in different ways. Everybody's at different places in their journey. And so it's not, a, a you know, my responsibility and your responsibility to try to drag people over the finish line, as it were. I mean, I kind of grew up in that, you know, if you're going to be friends with somebody at school, you know, I remember this in high school and college, if you're going to be friends with somebody, you need to be actively praying for them and, and sharing your faith and telling them about Jesus and be clear about heaven and hell. And they need to know the consequences and all this kind of thing. And it's like, oh my God, it puts so much pressure on me and it puts so much pressure on the relationship that finally people just get tired of that because they start to realize, hey, this person is not being friends with me because they love me. They're being friends with me because of some other religious agenda. And that's not to say at all that we never share our relationship with, with the Lord. But what it is saying is that we share our relationship with the Lord and we share the beauty of that relationship at the right time. And so for me, it's kind of like, you know, that phrase that has been thrown around a lot. It's about being naturally supernatural. What, what does that mean? Well, for me, I think it means, number one, being friends with people first. That means when I meet somebody, a client, a, a prospect, uh, an artist that I'm in relationship with, I want to be able to love them with no strings attached. I want to invite them to dinner. I want to go to lunch with them. I want to invest in their life. I want to give before I receive. I want to listen intently. I want to listen to things that are going on in their life. I want to be a friend. And I think that more than anything <laughs> opens up the door to real vulnerability and real transparency. All right. I mean, we have a, let's just be honest, we have a huge deficit of relationship, not only in our culture, but in church culture. All right. You know how that is. You have church friends, but they're not real friends. I mean, like you wouldn't go do things with them. <laughs> you have like your real friends, then you have church friends. And I'm like, I want to get rid of that. I want to get rid of this idea that I'm only superficially relating to people in my life. Uh, that I that I know at church and in a religious context. No, I want to be friends with people on a deep level, regardless of where I go to church, regardless of where I'm doing business. I want to love people and I want people to love me. And that requires being authentic and investing in relationships first. Now, secondly, I think it's all about then watching and praying and responding as led. All right. As you're praying for people, as you're watching what's going on in the relationship, as you're learning to get to know somebody, be praying for them. Be watching expectantly. Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? Most of evangelism, I believe, is happens in the prayer closet way before it ever happens uh, in the marketplace. Because as you'll be friends with people and learn them and learn how to pray for them and learn how to be a real friend, the Lord will show you how to begin to partner with him to pray his will to be done in their life. All right. That's a whole different way of thinking rather than, you know, I got to share my faith. I got to make sure they know Jesus is Lord. And if they don't accept Jesus, they're going to hell. And ah, that's a whole different way of doing things. It honors the fact that, listen, God loves them just as much as he loves me. And God's at work in their life. I may not be able to see it on the surface right now, but he is at work, and my job is not to make something happen, but to partner with God in what he's already 
doing. All right. So that I think in, in large measure is kind of my theology on how to be, how to be friends and influence people, <laughs> you know, how to be friends and really release the kingdom uh, in authenticity. All right. As opposed to, again, trying to drag people over the evangelical finish line. Now, the second thing I would say is in regards to your question about how do you do this in your art? You know, one of the big things that a lot of Christian artists struggle with is their desire to reach people with their work, but they're only used to using overt Christian language or metaphor or things like that. And so, again, I would encourage you, number one, push your skill, push the use of metaphor, push the story that you're telling in your art outside the bounds of traditional, typical uh, religious metaphor. We don't need, again, I'm going to offend some people with this, but it's not like we need more people painting Jesus on the cross and doves coming down and, you know, baptismal waters and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's great, but there's a whole lot more (laughs) creativity out there than just the overt religious symbology that we see in much typical Christian art. And I'm all about not creating Christian art and helping artists create Christian art. I want to help raise up an army of sons and daughters who know who they are in Jesus and then can walk in the freedom of who God's created them to be so that whatever they're creating, like for me, I'm creating baskets, woven sculpture. I paint a little bit. I'm a musician. Not all of that is has to be filled with overtly Christian metaphor and imagery. All right. And so being able to step out of those boundaries, I think inherently makes your work more approachable to people that are not believers. Now, that does not mean at all that you're compromising, that you're stepping back from the reality of who God is in your work and all that. No, it just, again, honors the fact that, hey, God loves that I'm creating more than what I'm creating. (laughs) And if I'll be faithful to create in concert with the Holy Spirit as I expand uh, everything in my life, my my ability to hear his voice, my ability to respond to him, my artistic skills, my ability to, to tell story through my art and connect with people authentically, as I do those things, all right, God is gonna be at work. See, we... In Western society, and especially in Western church society, put way too much focus, I think, on the results and making the results happen, when in reality, God calls us to be faithful to the things that he's called us to and trust him that the fruit of our faithfulness will will come forth as a natural expression, as a natural result of of being faithful. So I think that's a really, really huge thing to to understand. All right. Non-religious language, non-religious metaphor, pushing your artistic sensibilities beyond the typical. All right. And then I think as it as it relates to your brand story, because you're asking about, you know, this whole thing of, well, how do I do this on my website and social media and my printed materials and magazine articles, that sort of thing. You can talk about the things that are important to you the processes that are important to you, the motivations that are important to you, again, outside of typical religious language. I mean, I see this so much in the mentoring program because we help people, you know, in there. One of the things we do is help uh, artists write their artist statement and, you know, kind of get a hold of 
the story of them, their brand. We have that's one of the five pillars that I teach. And a big part of telling your story is knowing how to tell your story in a way that is non-religious so that anybody can get the essence of who you are and what you do and yet at the same time not be a overtly offended because you're using language that they're not used to or that may have baggage for them. And so again, I think we're pushing that, all right, and really digging deep into your story so that you can translate your story into language that everybody can um, you know, receive is, is really, really great. So what does that sound like? Well, instead of saying, my work is filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior and the Father sent him to, I mean, you know, all this kind of <laughs> just, whoa, hey, all this religious language, you know, you can say something like, you know, like for me, I talk about um, the divine connection in my work. Um, I talk about collaborating with the creator. I talk about um, ways that um, I sense uh, his div- a divine, the divine presence of the creator uh, in my work, that it reflects the beauty of the creator in my work. Again, I'm using things that anybody can say, oh, okay, I, I get that, without bombarding them over the head with this overtly religious kind of evangelical language. And what it does for those who are ready, again, super important, for those who are ready, it can begin to be the thing that that makes them say, hmm, well, that's interesting. Maybe I'll ask a question about that. And it could be a door opener in the relationship. All right. Again, I think, what are we called to do? We're called to be faithful to who God's called us to be. Love people, love God, (laughs) create great art and and excellence and in an incredible capacity as, as, as we flow the Holy Spirit and the rest is up to him. All right. So, Thank you, Esalen McKay, for your question today and all of you that have struggled with that and, and that are, um, are trying to find that balance in your work. Realize there's no right or wrong answer in this. It's just finding that balance that you feel at peace with and that you uh, really feel that, that easy flow in uh, trusting, again, that God's at work in everything that you do. All right. Well, listen, uh, I always love these five-minute mentoring times. Uh, we do them every Friday. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask me, all you have to do is go to my website, matttommymentoring.com forward slash podcast. You'll see a little uh, link right there that says, uh, you know, leave me a message. And uh, you can record a message just like Esalen McKay did today. And um, I go through those every week and try to pick out ones that are really poignant and uh, are really uh, will be valuable for all of my podcast listeners. So do that today. I'd love to um, to answer your question on one of these upcoming podcasts. Also, I want to encourage you, make sure that you subscribe and review the podcast. That really helps get the word out. And uh, that way you never miss any of the podcast episodes. The one is on Tuesday that come out as well as the ones here on Friday. All right. Well, listen, I love you very much. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. God, thank you that you're using us in this army of artists to reveal your glory in the earth through the gifting that you've given us. We love you and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love you and I'll see you again soon. Bye. Well, hey there. Now, just as a reminder, remember our first ever podcast review contest is going on this week. It ends, all right, on August the 19th. So you just got a little bit more time to to be able to share that. We're looking for about 200 additional podcast 
reviews. We've got tons from people that have already done it. We're like, thank you so much. It's awesome. All right. But uh, well, listen, we've got thousands and thousands of listeners out there all over the world. And we want to hear your story. We want to hear what the podcast means to you. So listen, all the directions to be able to, to share the podcast and get entered in the contest to win one of five incredible prizes is all right here in the show notes. So go down there, get all the information, then uh, we'll tell you exactly how to go to iTunes, write a review, uh, screenshot that, share it on social, tag us, and that will enter you to get one of five prizes. Now you may be asking, well, Matt, I didn't hear it. What are the five prizes? Well, the first one is a signed copy of my Created to Thrive book. All right, a $15 value. The second, somebody's going to win the audio version of that book, which is a $20 value. The third prize somebody might win is a $100 U.S. Uh, Amazon gift card. The fourth is a ticket, all right? These haven't even gone on sale yet to our Thriving Christian Artist Conference coming up in March uh, 2020 here in Asheville, North Carolina. That's a $297 value. Somebody's going to win that. And then the last one, I can't even believe I'm doing this still, but uh, somebody, one lucky winner, is going to win a one-year membership to my Created to Thrive Artist Mentoring Program. Listen, that's a $467 value somebody is going to win when they post a review on iTunes for this podcast and share it um, like we've asked you to do. So, like I said, all the details are in the show notes. Do it like we asked you to do it, and you will be entered in to win. And um, I can't wait to share who the winners are and um, and hear your story. Maybe we could even interview them on the podcast one day. Wouldn't that be awesome? And like not only hear their testimony, hear their review, but also kind of hear what's going on in their life. Hmm, interesting idea. All right, maybe we'll have to cook that one up for, for an upcoming episode. All right, go do it. Bye. <laughs>